The following is a message from Parkview Church in Iowa City, Iowa. More information about Parkview is available at www.parkviewchurch.org. Good morning. Welcome to Parkview. And uh, thanks for braving it on such a cold morning. So when I was getting up early today, I was wondering who's going to come. So you're here. It's awesome. Good job. And you know we do winter well when a Ukrainian says it's cold today. So we're good. We're good. It's great to have Lindsay and Andre here. In fact, I think the coldest week of my life was in Ukraine. I was invited to go speak at a youth leaders conference and it was at a ski resort. So I figured like, this is going to be nice. And so actually there was no heat in this ski resort. And so during the whole conference, everybody had gloves on and you could see their breath as we're doing it. I don't know how much learning was going on, but uh, it was awesome. But I'm so glad to be back from, from that and um, never complain about cold in Iowa again. So um, we're going to kick this year off right. We are um, talking about prayer today. And I just wonder what would happen. Don't, first of all, don't go to the prayer bunker because if you're a pastor, if you want to do a sermon on something that you know nobody's got it down, you just start talking about prayer. And everybody's like, oh, I don't pray enough. So don't go there, okay? So instead, uh, let's see, what if, what if this year was a year that prayer became more real in your life? That you, you know, however many years you've been a Christian, how many years you've gone to church, or maybe you're brand new in church today, welcome. But what if 2015 was the year that prayer just really dialed in with you? You got what prayer was about. Let me just, let me just give you, there's three things that would happen in your life if that were to happen. Number one is that you would enjoy some amazing gifts that God has for you. By the way, if you have a pen and there's an outline in your bulletin, we had to turn these in about two weeks ago, you know, with the Christmas schedule. There's a lot I'm going to say that isn't in there. So, and there's a lot of good stuff God's been sharing with me about prayer. If I could only pray the way I'm going to preach today, I'd be an amazing man. Okay, so just be ready to write. But there's three things that would happen in your life if, if this was the year you really dialed in with prayer. One is you would enjoy the gifts that God loves to give to his kids when they pray. This would be an interesting study. Just go through the Bible, and whenever God commands you to pray, look for why. He's not there to, like, make you bored or to tell you to do something stupid. He, he wants to give you gifts. So like here's just a few of the gifts God wants to give you as you pray. John 16, 24, until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy will be made full. So there's joy. Could you use some joy this year, right? James 5, 16, pray for one another so that you will be healed. Um, in August, right before I went to the Mayo Clinic, I had a bunch of guys pray for me when I got up to the Mayo Clinic they said you're doing fine like everything that had gone the wrong direction for about four years when I got up there was going the right direction I told him hey a bunch of guys prayed for me yesterday he goes yeah whatever we'll let, we'll let God sort that one out all right so uh, I pretty much know what happened there okay Philippians 4 6 and 7 don't be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Could you use some more peace this year? Dads, moms, I bet your kids would say, yeah, pray more, okay? We like it when you're at peace, okay? Um, Mark 14, 38, Jesus said, watch and pray so you will not enter into temptation. Uh, how many of you really do pray about the things you are tempted by? Like, what if 2015 was a year you broke free from a sin habit because you took Jesus up on his offer to pray for the things that tempt you and so you won't be tempted. That's, that's pretty remarkable. Luke 18.1, the parable there says, always pray 
and do not lose hope. Have you been discouraged? Are you giving up anywhere? Jesus says, you know, one of the gifts of prayer is that you'll, you'll stand strong, you'll persevere. Uh, Luke 6, 28, Jesus said, pray for your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. How many of our souls couldn't use just to be flushed of any bitterness or grudges going on? That's just about six or seven. I mean, there are so many gifts that God wants to give you if, if we would just pray, okay? So if we prayed more in 2015, we'd enjoy gifts God has that he loves to give to his kids. Another one is you would bring delight to God. You would bring delight to God. In Revelation 5 and in Revelation 8, there's a glimpse of heaven. And by the way, in a couple weeks, we're doing a whole series on eternity in heaven. I'm so excited to just talk about heaven with you guys. But one of the scenes in heaven is that God is on his throne. And beside his throne, there's a big, I don't know if it's a bowl, or, but it's filled with the prayers of the saints. It's like God collects our prayers you know, like as a dad, I collect all the little notes my kids have written to me over the years. I've got one I keep bringing out with Bethany. When she was younger, she gave me a coupon. Like she would bake me cookies and, and I get 10 free koodles. I think she meant cuddles, but I get 10 free koodles with her. And so it's kind of fun to bring that out now. She's a sophomore in high school and like, hey, Bethany, how about some koodles? It's like, oh, dad. And so now when she writes me coupons, there's an expiration date on them. Okay, so, but, um, <laughs> and there's no more koodling in them anymore, but, um, but isn't that amazing that just like as a dad, I collect things my kids wrote me, that God, God is just, he values it when you pray. Like, that blows me away. Just us, you know, sinful men, women from Iowa City, Iowa in the cold winter, we throw up a prayer and God saves it. And it's like it's incense to him. It's like a soothing aroma to him. That's, so you bring pleasure to God, delight to God when you pray. And then when you pray, you become more like Jesus. The, the, the Gospels go out of the way to let us know that Jesus prayed a lot. One says that Jesus often withdrew to solitary places to pray. He just constantly was praying. And you think, okay, he's fully God, he's fully man, uh, but his prayer life was so important to him. And if it's important to Jesus, like, clue phone off the hook, like, we should pray too. So we pray more, we become more like Jesus. In fact, when, in Luke 11, Jesus was praying and when he came back, there was something so compelling about how Jesus prayed that his followers asked him, could you teach us to pray? Could you teach us to do what you just did? They never asked him to teach them to do miracles or to walk on water. I, might have, I would have attended those classes uh, or to preach. But they said, would you teach us how to pray? And so then he rolled into the Lord's Prayer. So Luke 11, verse 1, it says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said, teach us to pray, just like John taught his disciples. And Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. When Jesus said those words, he didn't say, okay, now memorize those words, and whenever you pray, just say them over and over again. In fact, there's other times Jesus says, don't pray like that. Don't just babble things you're not thinking about. But I think what he's showing us here is these are three uh, essential ingredients that when you pray, pray like this, pray these things. In fact, Jesus said, you want to pray like I pray, this is what I pray for. This is, this is how I pray. And so Jesus is inviting us into his prayer life, and these are the three essential ingredients in Jesus' prayer life. So we're going to look at those this morning. 
Um, again, this is kind of a week of prayer. We're trying to get our attention. The way to start this year right as a church, as families, as individuals, is to make sure we're praying, okay? And so uh, John and Greg are on the stage, not because they missed a cue, but what we're going to do is I'm going to teach a little bit, and then we're going to respond, and we're going to pray and worship, and then I'm going to teach some more, and then we're going to respond and pray and worship uh, as well. So a little different in here this morning. When you leave today, uh, there's some prayer booklets that you can grab. There's a kind of a devotional for each day of the week this week that'll dial you in on prayer a little bit more, give you some things to pray about. And then I just want to underscore again, Wednesday night, we intentionally did not start anything this week. There's no Awana, no youth ministry stuff on Wednesday night. We're just inviting everybody to come and pray. I looked at the 10-day forecast. Wednesday is supposed to be like brutally cold. I say bring it. Like just don't let that keep you home. Like So like Paul tried to say, this whole building is going to be a place of prayer. We'll gather here, we'll worship, we'll pray together. But then we're going to scatter to different rooms and pray for um, orphans in Africa and for human trafficking in Cambodia. We're going to pray a place where you can be prayed for. Um, just so many different aspects of prayer. We just invite you. I think kids, any students, I think would like it too. Or families, you could come. So we're just kicking this whole week off with prayer. Let me just pray now. And we'll just start um, again. Our time now will be... Um, yeah, let me pray and we'll just get going, okay? So, uh, yeah, God, this is an amazing gift that you've given us of prayer that, that who, it's just staggering that this sinful man from Iowa City, this very small, very, very small human being can cry out to the God of the galaxies, the God of all creation, and, and you hear me, you listen to what I'm saying and you care about what I'm saying. That's, this is an amazing gift, so help us dial in with this in fresh ways today. And again, I pray each one of us would take something and this would infuse how we pray throughout the year. Just use this week, God, to dial us in with you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so in that prayer, when Jesus said, this is how I pray, uh, one essential element of prayer is praise. When Jesus said, uh, hallowed be your name, uh, your kingdom come. God, your, your ways are supreme. They're better than ours. Um, hallowed, you probably don't use that word often. Hallowed means holy, sacred, set apart, supreme. So God is all of that in his power, in his perfection. He's holy. He's beautiful. He's wise. Now, God is all of those things. And so uh, Jesus says, when you pray, make sure you praise the one you're talking to. Praise frames our prayers. Like pray, praise reminds us who it is that we're talking to. It reminds us, I, got, I just got choked up in my prayer a little bit ago, just how could this supreme God even pause to listen to what I'm praying? There, there's, there's something amazing about who God is that just frames how we pray. There's something amazing about who God is that frames how we live our lives. Uh, the the um, uh, scholar, um, gosh, forgetting his name, knowledge of the holy guy, that's Tozer, right? Said the most important thing about you at any moment in your life is what you think about God, what your thoughts are about God. And if we could see God for who he is, <laughs> we wouldn't have to worry about, oh, I should be praying more or, or I've got to schedule prayer in today. Like if somehow we could depict the supremacy of God and then lay right beside that our complete inadequacy and weakness and dependency, like if somehow we could visualize that at the beginning of every morning, 
I don't think we'd have to worry about, man, I wonder how I could pray sometime today. Like to this uh, supreme God who loves me, who wants to direct me, who knows all things, he's all powerful, he wants to help me, he's gracious, he's loving, he's just like, I, I think if we saw who God is, or right there our prayer lives would just be radically changed. We'd be drawn to him in awe and worship and dependency. We'd just be crying out to him all the time. In fact, I think one of the most dangerous things that can happen to us in our lives is when we lose our awe factor of God. Because if, if we're not in awe with God, we're in awe with my iPhone or football or with me and what I can do, and that's just an absolute tragedy because there's nothing my iPhone can do compared to what God can do for me. So, so Jesus says, when you pray, make sure you are praising God and seeing him clearly for who he is. And so some practical ways to do that. How do you, how do you praise God? Here's, let me give you a couple ideas. One is sometimes um, when we're tracking right, Sometimes we'll thank God for things. We'll thank him for helping us or for being good to us. One thing you can do to help uh, elaborate on that thanks and help you see God is to follow that thanks up. Whatever he did for you, follow that up to who he is. And what he did for you flows out of his character. If God answered a prayer, if you look back at last year and God really drew near to you, just draw that up and say, God, you're a very personal God. You are omnipresent. You're everywhere. And you love being with your people. And so you praise them through the things you thank them for. Another really practical thing is to praise them out of the Bible. Look at key passages in the Bible that just praise God and let those guide you. Some of my go-tos, again, maybe write these down. I didn't get them in your bulletin, but Psalm 145, Psalm 34, uh, Isaiah chapter 40. It's hard to, you can't read that chapter and not just see God for how great and how big he is. The last couple of chapters of Job, uh, Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. You probably have some too, but those go-to passages that just remind you of how great God is. And so what I want to do this morning is give you now a couple minutes to just, to just do that. Let's just praise God. And to help you, some verses from Psalm 145, we'll scroll up there. These guys are going to play a little music kind of under us here. Um, you can pray quietly where you are. If you're with somebody you'd like to pray with, uh, you're welcome to do that as well. But in these next couple minutes, Jesus encouraged us when you pray, pray hallowed be your name. Let's, let's spend a couple minutes. We invite you into a time of just praising God as you pray to him. Let's do it.
continue and give you some time to praise God, let me ask you to do this. In your bulletin, there was a card in there and a chance for you to write out a praise to God too. And what we're doing with those this morning, maybe even out of a summary of what you were just praising him for, if you wrote that out and the offering is gonna be taken in a little bit, that could be a way for you to offer your praise to God. And what we're hoping to do with those cards for Wednesday night is to have a whole area of our prayer night uh, it's just lined with the praises of God's people. So we're collecting praises this morning. Uh, so if you would do that, just maybe even helps you. I, I, when I pray, I journal my prayers. I write out some things. So even that discipline of just writing out your praise to God right now, if you could do that, and then just turn that in when the offering plates go by. So Jesus said when you pray, uh, the first word he used was father. And it was an Aramaic word that meant it was the word that a child would use for their dad. It's like daddy in our language. And I think it's the most profound oxymoron ever that on one hand, you're calling God daddy. On the other hand, you're saying hallowed be your name. But it's, to me, it's so amazing that the first word Jesus said when you pray, say daddy, say father. And so the second essential element of prayer is relationship. You're celebrating that you have a personal, very intimate relationship with this creator who is so hallowed and supreme and holy. And those two just do not make sense. In fact, you look throughout the world and all the different religions that are out there, you see people just pleading to somehow tap into the higher power. When I was in Japan for a summer, uh, teaching English as a way to build relationships, to share the gospel. I, I, it was my first time to be in a culture that was just inundated with, um, with people praying to gods and not being sure if their gods were hearing them or not. You go everywhere you go, if you've been there before, you'll see these little roadside shrines and you see people writing prayers and attaching them to the shrines. I remember on one of these trips through town, one of the Japanese friends I had asked a woman who was crying at one of these shrines, what are you praying for? And she said, I'm praying to the gods because my daughter is sick and I'm not sure they are hearing me. Jesus says, when you pray, it's radically different than that. You can just cry out to your God. You can just call him dad. And when Jesus' day, if you were to say that, in fact, there was a time Jesus called God his father, they picked up rocks to throw at him to kill him because that was blasphemy in Jesus' day, to claim that you had that kind of relationship with God, that you could just call him dad. You were arrogant, you were out of your mind, you were, how dare you, how dare you claim that you could have that kind of relationship with God. With Jesus' prayer took an amazingly radical turn when he used that word, when you pray, say dad. He's just underscoring that we can celebrate a relationship with God. The Bible talks about, the New Testament in particular, says that we pray in Jesus' name. So if one of those religious leaders were to watch you pray and say, how dare you, who says you can call God your father? You say, Jesus does. I pray in Jesus' name. Jesus is my access to the Father. Jesus is the one that has opened up this relationship for me. In 1 John 1, 9, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and that he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If anybody does sin, 
We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Every time you pray and call God your Father, you are celebrating what Jesus did for you on the cross. And if that's new news to you this morning, the Bible basically says every one of us is sinful. Nobody here can call on the name of a holy God and expect him to hear us. But God has offered us a way to have our sins forgiven, and that's through Jesus Christ, the perfect life he lived, the the sacrifice he made for us on the cross, and he rose again from the dead to offer us a relationship with God. So every time you pray, you celebrate what Jesus has done for you, that you, again, when I got choked up by a sinful man in Iowa City, Iowa, can call out to the God of the galaxies, all of that happened, because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. And so uh, I I think this morning, Jesus, what do you want us to know about prayer? Jesus would say prayer is incredibly personal. It's you and God. It's like a a child talking to his dad. Uh, I know many of us have read a book called The Praying Life. I think I first mentioned that about a year and a half ago, and I was talking to Ali, got in the kind of the resource center. So we should have gotten a commission because I know tons of those books have gone out of here. It's a book by Paul Miller. And that's one of the strengths of his book is that he captures that whole concept of coming to God like a child comes to a parent. He has some phrases in there, come messy. You know, like when your kid needs something, he just comes. Like he doesn't have a certain prayer language. In fact, if my kid started talking to me like, holy father, dad, would you, you know, like just, no, don't, don't go talking in a, just talk to me. I love you. Just tell me what's going on. When my daughter Hannah was young and still in a crib and in her footy kind of jammies and all that, it was a rare night because I heard her. Like I woke up before Lori. Usually that was the other way around. And I just said, help me. I need help. And I remember going into her room and there she is standing up pointing to the floor. Sucky, fall down. You know, sucky, fall down. Her little pacifier thing, right? And so like just man, as a dad, you're like, of course I would love to help that, you know, and so she's just crying out from her heart, plus she gets that her mouth, goes back to sleep, I go back to sleep, right, so, um, but, but that's an amazing invitation from our supreme God, it's just, just talk to me, just cry out, whatever's going on, just let him know, like a child cries out to his dad, you, you cry out to me, we um, went through, I've, there's a group of men I meet with called the Fight Club, and 50 or 60 guys, uh, we had 50 books go out this year, um, went through this book as a group of guys, and it was just interesting spending eight or 10 weeks and just talking with guys about their prayer lives. And what, what a lot of us find is that sometimes we have two, um, we almost have two selves. We have a prayer self that when we come to God, like, oh, I can talk to God about these things, and I better make sure I'm doing pretty well in my life if I'm going to come into God's presence. And then we've got the other side. Well, this is the stuff I always think about. And the challenge in this book to me was, let's bring those two together. That's what God our Father would want. Don't, don't hide stuff. Don't, you know, I just want to know you. I want to know what's going on in your life. I want to know what you're worried about. Just come like a child. Just cry out to God with the things that you need. If you need help, if you're afraid, if you're not doing well, if you're struggling, you know, as a, again, as a very sinful, imperfect dad, I would love it if my kids could come to me with anything that's going on in their lives. And so the the invitation here is take that and apply that to your prayer life. Come to God as you are, anytime. Come like a child, come dependent. You are celebrating your relationship with God every time you pray. And so um, just talk to him. 
And I, I think if there's a reason that Jesus often went away to pray, I think, you know, here in a human body, uh, physically separated from his father for the first time in all of his eternal existence, uh, I, I think he just loved being with his father. I think there was the relationship element of Jesus' prayer life was, was essential to him. And so, again, for us, Jesus would say, when you pray, call him dad. Be, be familiar, be personal with him. The last, the last piece we see in the Lord's Prayer is the invitation to cry out and to ask for things. In fact, one of the Hebrew words for prayer literally is cry out. So Jesus said, you know, ask him for things. Give us our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. Ask for spiritual uh, protection there. So just cry out again after you've praised him and you see how great he is and after you've celebrated your relationship to him, I think it's natural then. Just give him the things on your heart, the things that you need, the things uh, that, that you're hurting with, some, things that you just see that need to change. There's a few things you look through the Bible. It says, well, how do I ask? Hebrews 4, we read that verse earlier, said to ask boldly. Let us approach the throne of God's grace with confidence so we can receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You can go boldly before the throne of the, of the supreme God of the universe. Uh, Luke 11, Jesus told a little story right after the Lord's prayer. And, and his, the punchline of this prayer is, pray audaciously big prayers. The story there is of a man in, in Jesus' time that in the middle of the night, a stranger was passing through the village, came to his house and asked for some bread. And he didn't have any bread. That was a major shame in Jesus' culture. I can't provide bread for this traveler that needed bread. So he goes to his friend's house, middle of the night, pounds on the door, says, I need some bread. You know, I don't, I need, I'm, I'm in a big, big mess here. I need to get this guy some bread. And so uh, the story goes like this. The neighbor cries out from inside, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Jesus said, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him the bread because of friendship, yet because of the, the shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as he needs. And Jesus is saying, when you pray, pray big. Come before God and just, just lay it before him. He loves you. He's your dad. Uh, he can do all things. Just come with big prayers. I, I got to say this carefully, and I, I'm sure God doesn't think this way, but if I were God, and I heard some of my prayers or some of our prayers, I think I'd yawn a lot. You know, like, is that all you're asking me for? Give me a good day today? Okay. You know, like, I've got a little cold. Can you, you know, I'm not being trivial. God cares about everything in our lives. But I just see if we could scroll through a transcript of the things we've prayed through over the last year, two years, like, would any of those fit the category of bold and audacious? Like, are we praying for big things. I think of the blind man that, named Bartimaeus that heard Jesus was coming by him, and he just started screaming out, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. Everybody's saying, shut up, blind man. He doesn't want to hear you. And he just yelled louder and louder. Like, I just wonder how many of our prayers would fit that category of boldly audacious. Like, what are the big things you see around you? You know, you've got a neighbor struggling. You really want your, that guy to meet Jesus or somebody in your family or just where are the bold, audacious prayers in your life? Jesus said, when you ask, Ask with bold, boldness and be audacious when you ask. Here's another one in Mark 14, 36. This is, this is another profound prayer that Jesus prayed the night before his crucifixion. Again, it's got the, the, some of the same ingredients, same elements in the Lord's Prayer. Mark 14, 36. Jesus prayed, Abba, Father, he said, 
Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. See the same Abba Father, call him Dad. Jesus is doing that, uh, calling him Dad, celebrating his relationship with him. Everything is possible for you. He's praising him. You're almighty, you're all powerful, you can do anything. Then he says, take this cup from me. Do you want to talk about a boldly audacious prayer? This is Jesus the night before the crucifixion. This is Jesus who knew why he was coming to earth from eternity past, knew God's plan of redemption. And the night before, he's saying, can you change the plan? Can you take this cup from me? Is there another way? That, Jesus is modeling for us. You just cry out what is on your heart. But the last statement is, how do we ask God for things he says, but not my will, but yours? I've heard it said that that's the pivot of the whole Bible. The whole story of redemption climaxed right there when Jesus said, not my will, but yours. God, I'm going to do what you want, not what I want. Um, this guy's in this service, and I told him I was going to talk about him without saying his name. But one thing I like to do at the beginning of the year is look back at the last year. And who are some people in my life that this time last year, I didn't even know them. But, but now they're playing a pretty key role in my life, or they're, God's really using them in my life. About two months ago, a guy came into my office. I'd never met him before. He has stage four cancer. He's got two children, uh, beautiful girls. And he was asking me if it was okay uh, if he was praying for God to heal him. And by the grace of God, God led me to this verse. And so let's look at this verse about how do you pray with stage four cancer. Say, absolutely. You say, Abba, Father, God loves you. God loves to hear your prayers. All things are possible. God could destroy every cancer cell in your body now. He's totally able to take this cup from me. Totally appropriate to ask. God loves it when we ask big, bold things. I've used this verse with people in the past and, you know, maybe tough situations. But when I get to the last line, I, that's usually I lose them, okay? But not people, because there's, there's preachers out there who will say, well, you just name what you want God to do and he'll do it. And you can go find a pastor to say that. But I think you've got to look at right at what Jesus said. When Jesus said, not what I will, but yours. I'll never forget this. This guy just, I remember he put his head down for a little bit. And I go, okay, I'm not going to see this guy again. <laughs> He's going to check out here. And he looked up at me and said, that is so freeing. That is so freeing. In the last two months, I've just seen that guy just hunger for God and pursue God and get in his word and pray. And um, it's been phenomenal. Um, it's really interesting to me that God, God loves to answer prayers. And you would think of anybody's prayer, Jesus' prayer, he would just love to answer. Um, but that's one prayer Jesus didn't answer. Take this cup from me. Jesus went to the cross the next day. When God said no to that prayer, what that did was it opened the floodgates so that now when we pray, he hears us. He can hear us pray. Uh, Jesus totally surrendered to the Father's plan. The Father's plan was better than take this cup from me. And so God says, when you pray, pray boldly, pray audacious prayers, uh, and pray according to his will. And how freeing that is, that you're not in charge, that you don't have to manipulate God, that you don't have to try to figure out what he's up to. Your job is to just keep surrendering to him. And how, how relieving that is, that when I pray, I have left this at the throne of Almighty God who knows way more than I do and who's smarter than I am and wiser than I am and has all things in control. I'm just going to lay this prayer at his feet. So Jesus says, when you pray, um, praise him, 
celebrate your relationship, and ask for things. I think I've got a couple more minutes. Let me just give you a couple practical tips. My goal today, I forgot one, one more, is that when you ask, know that you're asking a God, you're asking a father who loves to give good, good things to his kids. Luke 11, 11 through 13. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? When you're asking for things, know that you're asking a God that loves to give good things to his kids. So let me give you a couple practical helps. My, my, really, my hope this morning, again, this doesn't make you feel guilty, but this just fires you up to let's go, let's pray. Let me give you some practical things that have helped me. In fact, if you could read my, I journaled a little bit before the sermon today. And I, I was, I, I love this topic. I said, God, if I could just be a man who prays like I'm going to preach about today, it'd be phenomenal. So I, I'm sharing you a few things, but this is a man that is definitely on his journey to be uh, more connected with God through prayer. But here's some things that help. Number one is to really link the Bible with your prayers. And one thing I try to do is start every day is I call it fishing from three ponds. I'll, I'll read a couple different places in the Bible and then I'll just kind of reflect on them and I'll journal back things about God that I saw in those. And so that, that starts my prayer time then. I let God kind of start my prayer time with his word. And what is he showing me about himself? What is he showing me about me? And then let that propel me into a time of prayer. So link the Bible with your prayer time. Uh, here's another one is um, set up different rhythms of prayer in your life. Like I think um, there's, there's usually two kinds of people here. There's people that are disciplined and so you'll have your, your prayer times like carved out every day and then there's the wing it people. You know, just, oh, I'll just pray when I think about it. So I'd encourage you to just do both, okay? Uh, for me, my structured time, my plan time is after I read the Bible and I journal some things and I've got some prayer cards to make sure I'm praying through key things in my life. But the spontaneous times are awesome too when you're driving along to just shut off your radio and just talk to God. Uh, or if you'll see me walking up Foster Road sometimes, it's not, I'm not venting or leaving the office because I'm mad. It's just like, it's just a great time to just get outside and pray or I'll go out to the res or there's a camp between Iowa City and Cedar Rapids. I'll spend a half day there. My brother says, you're lucky you get paid to have a quiet time. So he's an engineer. So like I, uh, I do, there's part of that that I just, am, I love doing enjoy as a pastor, but just taking half days or recently I took a, an overnighter in a cabin for pastors and just time with God. So just getting away and being spontaneous and talking to him is key. So look at different rhythms of prayer. Uh, try to bookend your day with prayer. When you wake up, this is hardest for me, but when you wake up, the first thing you do is pray, is talk to God, especially that praise to remember who it is that's walking with you through your day. And then at night, you know, I don't know if you've thought about this, but when you go to sleep, you're, you're really trusting that God's going to do a good job of running the world while you're sleeping, right? And, and your family, and you're, 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 you're really surrendering yourself for six or eight hours. And, and so some nights I have a hard time getting there because my mind is worried about this or that. Prayer at the end of the night can be a great way to just, again, just remind yourself God is in charge and you're laying, laying it before him. So bookend your day. Uh, something that came out of the Praying Life book that's been helpful for me in the last year is to look at what distracts you when you're praying and you find, oh man, I just can't pray. I try to pray and then this comes to mind and I try to pray and then this comes to mind. The, the, the author says, why don't, you, why don't you just look at those distractions and just pray them? 
Like, God wants to hear about that. Like, what's distracting you? Why, why can't you talk? So, um, you know, you're, you're sitting there trying to pray and something from work is hitting you or something in your family is hitting you. I think that's God saying, why don't you pray about that? Just spend a few minutes praying. So it's not a distraction. Just kind of go, go with that and pray, pray with that. And so one other quick thing, too, is listening to God that you're making sure that you're reading the Bible, that you're praying to him, but there's, are you leaving moments where you're just reflecting? You're letting God direct you. And again, it's gonna be right in line with his word. For me, the safest times to do that is right after I've been in his word. God, you have something for me. What do you have to say to me? But again, my, my prayer for, for all of you this morning, for our church, is that we kick this year off with this focus of this amazing gift of prayer. And I just, you know, parents the best gift you give to your kids this year is you frequently being in the presence of God. Ask your kids, is dad a better dad, dad when he's in this as we've talked about prayer that you just want to talk with God? That'd be awesome. Again, if there's somebody next to you, you feel comfortable praying out loud, you're welcome to do that too. And then these guys will uh, lead us with a song and send us out. So let me just lead you into this time now. God, I do, I do pray that your people, even in these next couple minutes, We'll just celebrate this gift of prayer. And then throughout this week, throughout this year, uh, we would, Jesus, just like you've encouraged us, uh, ask for things, celebrate our relationship with you, and praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Parkview Church in Iowa City, Iowa. Parkview's mission is to love God, love others, and serve the world. If you live in the Iowa City area, we invite you to join us in person for services every weekend. You can get service times and directions, download messages, and get news and information about Parkview Church by visiting www.parkviewchurch.org. You can also contact us by phone at 319-354-5580 or write to us at Parkview Church, 15 Foster Road, Iowa City, Iowa, 52245.